Welcome to Eagles, Globes, and Anchors, the strategically-minded podcast of the Marine Corps War College, covering the intersection of strategy, security, and warfare. Welcome to Eagles, Globes, and Anchors, the strategically-minded podcast of the Marine Corps War College. My guest today is Val Jackson, director of MCU's Krulak Center for Innovation and Creativity. Ms. Jackson is more than 24 years in federal service, principally as a U.S. Marine. Before coming to the Krulak Center in July, she was an arbitrator in Dallas. Her area's expertise include conflict management and resolution, civil military operations, international relations, and strategic studies. She has led and commanded Marine units throughout her career and has spent time as an instructor at the Marine Corps Civil Military Operations School and as a senior editor and field historian for the Marine Corps History Division. Ms. Jackson, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Becky. I'm very privileged to be here with you. Before we just start our discussion of the Krulak Center, can you tell us a little bit about your background working on innovation in the Marine Corps? Thanks for the question. Yes, this is my first formal role as one charged with innovation, but I will say that for the last 10 years, I've been informally charged with this and I've served in and out of civil affairs billets. We're responsible for a non-traditional military operational consideration, which is the civil environment. I've had to be very innovative and creative in both practice, dealing with host nation civilians, NGOs, interagency, uh, in Afghanistan, and also innovative in training uh, when I was at my position at TUMAF and in the Civil Affairs Group, in training, preparing Marines for civil military operations across the conflict continuum in the civil domain. There's no playbook. There are no options um, that are written down. We just have to be creative uh, because influencing the behavior of people is a tricky business. This has forced me to leverage the expertise of the people around me our available resources and with commander's intent, train and operate effectively. This culminated in my arrival at the Krulak Center. This is a non-traditional but extremely necessary entity that harnesses a variety of university experts into one organization that can introduce new concepts, thinking, opportunities, and experiences to benefit all Marine Corps University students. I can see that connection with civil military affairs or civil military operations because because a lot of it is you reading a situation, interpreting the needs of that situation, and responding. So you've got to have a repository of knowledge. You've got to be a subject matter expert, probably in a number of different fields. But, but you probably also spend a lot of your time improvising, identifying what a need is, and responding to that need in a particular context. Is that fair? That it's very fair. We we are the people people in in the Marine Corps, and so we pride ourselves in knowing and understanding what other people might think or what their needs might be, and ha- helping commanders anticipate that, and then work those those problem sets into operations ahead of time as much as possible. But sometimes you can't. You have to think on the fly, um, and and just having a, a variety of experiences that you can leverage and um, ideas to pull from. Uh, and so being very varied in what you do and what you read and what you experience and just your interactions with people is extremely helpful. So what was the driving force behind the Krulak Center for Innovation and Creativity? The, the Krulak Center grew out of the university's QEP as an output, really an instrument through which the university would meet its requirements and operational imperatives to prepare students to be innovative leaders who are aware of and can tackle the wicked problems of today's operating environment. So a QEP is Quality Enhancement Plan. It's part of our civilian accreditation for our master's program. But the center spreads across the university. Our enlisted students, our distant students. 
Right. We we touch, or we try to touch, and we were very rapidly working towards touching everybody in the Marine Corps University uh, enterprise, um, and also beyond. Um, so not only just resident students here, but we also have non-resident um, touches. We have folks that we're reaching out at Naval Postgraduate School, at Marine uh, and naval students, and, and indeed uh, multi-service students um, throughout the educational enterprise uh, for, for DOD. So we see ourselves as an integrator, both inside the university, through cutting through all the schools and collaborating with all the schools, but also for the university to the outside world, not only other Marine Corps, uh, Marine Corps institutions um, and organizations, but also uh, inside the Department of Navy and DOD. Awesome. Can you give an example of a topic where current approaches don't meet the operational need? And, and then a follow-up would be, how does the Krulak Center fit in that space? Right. Uh, one of the things I love to highlight is um, our, our really deep dive into expeditionary energy, and really that's been done through uh, Dr. Mike Baskin. Um, he's brought together students through in the various schools, and they're learning how to plan operations um, with expeditionary energy uh, in, in mind. And so the normal student learning process here is really not touching expeditionary energy to the degree that we think that is probably necessary. So through Dr. Baskin's program, he's allowing students, they have the inclination to do so, to do this deep dive. This is a massive planning consideration, um, and it's really allowing the students to study, experience, and even propose new ideas to tackle this show-stopping subject matter. Um, Dr. Mike Baskin, as I said, is our Expeditionary Energy Chair. He runs the Energy and Innovation Scholars Program, uh, and he's even hosted the Deputy Commandant for Installations and Logistics recently. And the students were able to pitch their ideas for innovative logistics solutions directly to him. Um, our other chairs are going to have similar uh, programs and do touch students and uh, the variety of other institutions in, in similar ways. But that Energy and Innovation Scholars program is really our showcase program up until this point. I know that the student we have involved with it really appreciates what he's doing in an, in an extracurricular context, that he's learning a lot that he, he's not going to get from our regular program. And I think it actually says a lot, too, that, I mean, they, there's no common time across all the schools. So one of the challenges in starting the program up was finding a time for the students to meet. And so regularly, Dr. Baskin has about 30 students that meet at 7 in the morning um, to discuss his program and the readings and work on their projects and things like that. And I think that says a lot for the, uh, the drive of the individual student, but also the, the need and the desire for them to study something a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. And to your point that you made a few minutes ago, this is both resident and distance students. And That's you've right. got students in the distance program right. who are part of the Energy Scholars as yes. well. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's fantastic. So you've been in the Marine Corps for close to a quarter of a century. I've served as a civilian for about a decade now. Let's just say the Marine Corps um, embraces its hierarchical structure. How do you foster innovation in within a hierarchy? It's interesting. Um, th this is something that we've thought about quite a bit over in the Krulak Center. And it wasn't until one of our, um, our Marines, really, our operation officer, he ran into uh, August Cole, who's one of the authors of the book Ghost Fleet, and August Cole told him, he said, you know, Marines are great innovators in the field, but as soon as they're back in garrison, they're terrible. And so he, he told our operations officer, look, if you can create an environment where Marines feel like they're deployed or operational, then you'll spark some real innovation. 
said other than that, Marines feel, you know, restricted to rules and regulations and programs and deadlines and schedules and everything else, and that really crimps and hampers um, innovation. And the other thing we can do as leaders, too, is, is create a tolerance for failure. And we can do that inside our PME institutions. We can do that inside our, our units, you know, as long as safety is, is kept in mind and primary, of course. Um, but we don't, have a, we don't have a tolerance for failure in ourselves, and we don't tolerate it in our Marines or our sailors. And so if we can do that to the, the ability that we can, that's safe and, you know, operationally relevant, then I think we'll really start to see some innovation uh, take root uh, with our with our Marines. How do we do that in the academic context? Because we've got, we have a set curriculum. Some of that is given to us. You know, we have congressional requirements we teach to. We have joint requirements that we teach to. How do we build that deployed environment when students are not competing for grades, but they're earning grades and, and there's a real sense of pride. Students want to do well in assignments and, and taking a risky approach a more innovative approach could go spectacularly well, or it, it could fall pretty flat with a professor. It could, and I, and I think it's incumbent on the professor to really know the students. So not everybody is an auditory learner. Uh, you know, not everybody learns the same way. Not everyone has an innate sense of um, creativity. Uh, maybe there's a latent sense that's there that you could awaken through an experience or something like that, but, it, but everybody's different. I mean, that's the point. And so in an academic sense, you might switch up the way you're teaching material or presenting it or give um, hard and fast you know, deadlines to something, have them write a, a short um, proposal to a, to a problem that uh, you create you know, just off the top of your head or you know, pre-planned that makes sense for the, whatever curriculum it is that you're teaching, but that you, you're mixing it up and it's not just you know, the Socratic method every single day, or it's not just PowerPoint every single day, that you're, you're able to reach the students where they are, understanding that everyone's not the same and doesn't learn the same. Mm -hmm. So for our students who are listening, what opportunities are there for them to connect with the Krulak Center, with the work y'all are doing? Okay, so first I'd like to invite students to come by and see us. We're on the second floor of the Gray Research Center at the end of the Hall of Commandants. We have a quite a large space where we have collaboration space and also for the chairs to have their uh, individual offices. And we also have a private collaboration room. Uh, we are quite different, I think, you'll find than the rest of the spaces at Marine Corps University. Um, but we do ho host events from time to time. We have some classes that are taught there. We have speakers that come in. We're hosting uh, what I hope to be a monthly war game there. And so not only can students come and leverage the expertise of the subject matter experts that we have there in our chairs, um, but also they can use it as a, a meeting space. They can use it as a private study space, a war gaming space, um, or, or just an, an area to meet and to toss around ideas they might have for the future of the Corps. And if there are Marines who are outside of the university, how might they connect with you all? Well, we are upside, our website is up and running. Uh, we are expanding its functionality at this point, so it's very basic. So that's one way, through the website. Uh, also, just personal email uh, at, at this point as well. Uh, we also hope to launch a YouTube channel in the very near future, and we're getting uh, social on social media. Excellent. So all of those things are in the works. Excellent. Yeah. So what are you all planning going forward? So going forward, like I said, we have um, a monthly war game, and you, the focus is uh, a little bit different each month, and we, we try to 
hone in on different audiences as well as getting back to my point earlier about trying to find uh, common time for all the schools is difficult so we're trying to pinpoint a couple of schools and say okay when, when's a good time for you to do such and such a war game so so that's what we have going on, on a monthly basis our next big event coming up is the innovation summit on March 27th uh, we're going to start the day with the ribbon cutting of, for the Krulak Center uh, and then we'll have a futurist panel and we'll do a, a tech demo by Lincoln Lab um, that hopefully will really spark some interest in folks to see how technology intersects with um, not future war because it's a war that we're, we're fighting uh, right now, but what are the newest, latest and greatest gadgets out there that might help us in our everyday, uh, our everyday fight? Uh, we are having some upgrades to the Krulak Center. We're getting these museum quality display cases built. So that's exciting for us. So our, our space is not yet finished. It's probably about 75% there. So that's exciting for us too. Um, and we hope to have, we've partnered with um, Marine Corps Warfighting Lab to get some wargaming um, material, computers and, and uh, monitors and special systems inside our private wargaming space so that students can come and, uh, and practice uh, technologically taking on whatever the future challenge might be. So that's that's in the works as well. Uh, and then we just have se uh, seminars, speakers. We have our own chairs are, that are hosting um, faculty development events, that type of thing inside the Krulak Center. So we have things that are happening on a, a weekly basis and a monthly basis, but our next big event is that Innovation Summit that we're um, really looking forward to showcasing what it is that we bring to the university and, and beyond. If there are folks in the D.C. area who wanted to attend who aren't part of the university, aren't faculty or students, is that event going to be open to the public? I believe it is. I, this is this is the first time that uh, it's being launched in this capacity, but I, I don't think that would be a, um, a reason to turn anyone down from attending the Innovation Summit. So here's what I would say. Hopefully the YouTube channel will be up by March, and hopefully social media will be up by March. So listeners, uh, if, if you are interested in attending, Hit up the Krulak Center on social media, see if it's going to be up, and if it's if you can't physically come, because we do have space limits here at the university, uh, maybe it'll be televised on YouTube and you could check it out that way, because it sounds like a great event for people to really see, not just to showcase what the university is doing, but to help make that connection between MCU and and the innovations that are going on out in the fleet. That's that's right, and this is a this is across industry as well. We'll have that futurist panel, so we'll have the some big brains that think about this all the time, and so it'll be a great connection point for the university. Are there any books or videos, documentaries, any other professional development material that our students should know about? Again, our as we get our social media up and running, that that would be one place. But also, there are a great variety of uh, of books, and so I I just encourage people just to read things that are outside their normal. You know, if you're a military professional and and you've been reading, uh, you know, strict military history, uh, w which is fantastic. But I would just say, you know, branch out a little bit, read something, you know, unconventional, read business, read you know, tech books magazines, whatever the case may be. Um, I, I just finished reading um, Like War, uh, which is a fantastic look at uh, the weaponization of social media. Uh, I've just started two books, which is really uncharacteristic for me. Usually I'll read a book from start to finish, then start another book, but I picked up one over the uh, Christmas break called uh, Life After Google. And that talks about how, you know, the, the age of Google is, is drawing to a close as P 
people and organizations and governments are valuing security over communication. And so the, this whole idea of blockchaining and you know what that means to, um, to business and finance and to individual personal security, people are starting to realize that free doesn't always mean better. And um, Google is, is going to have to wrestle with that or, or fade into the, into the distance. So that's great. So I'll just say reading as much as possible, um, new and different material and that's innovation focused or even if it's, it's innovative for you in that it's outside your comfort zone and just exposing yourself to as much as you can uh, that's outside of, of what quote unquote normal military um, PME would be. If people wanted to learn more about fostering innovation in the military, where could they look? One of the ways you could foster military innovation is to actually read what each other's writing. Um, students at Marine Corps University are really writing a lot on the topic of innovation. Uh, you have some canned assignments or, you know, future war papers that SAW is doing, things like that. But also in, in terms of contests that we're sponsoring at the Krulak Center, um, we've had one just recently that McCuff funded through the Lord Lecture Series uh, where students looked at the MAGTAF of the future. You know, what would the MAGTAF of the future look like and what would the challenges uh, be and how were, are we as a Marine Corps going to fight, you know, what those challenges are. And so we got 25 student essays talking about the, the MAGTAF of the future and what we would do and how we would fight it. And uh, we're, we're going to work to publish those. We're going to publish the, uh, well, the Gazette is going to publish the um, top three award winners. And then uh, we'll get the rest worked into some sort of volume for publication. Uh, at the very least, we're going to hang them on our website. And so just interacting with each other uh, and, and really leveraging the opportunities that are out there to learn from each other, especially those with recent fleet experience, you can't put a price on that. In fact, we have people that are contacting us saying, hey, how do we get the Marines to, uh, to weigh in on some of these new technologies or concepts that we're thinking of? That people look at the students at the university as a very rich resource for innovative thinking because they've just come from the field. So I'd say look around, look to each other, and have these discussions yourselves because it's amazing what students are talking about. And there are some fantastic opportunities to do that. We've got Strategy Bridge that was founded by a couple of military officers um, I don't think they were Marines, but they're still lovely, wonderful people, and they actually do a writing contest every year. Um, so if you're interested in writing for the Strategy Bridge contest, you'll see those uh, solicitations coming out quickly. The Military Writers Guild is another fantastic opportunity for folks in uniform who have probably some interesting ideas they want to communicate, but maybe aren't as confident on the actual writing part. That's something I see a lot is we've got some incredible talent coming through our schools who are not always confident when it comes to putting their thoughts to paper. And so organizations like the Military Writers Guild or our Leadership Communication Skill Center here at the university, if you're a student enrolled in an MCU school, you can go to the LCSC for writing help, not just for a paper assignment, but for something you would like to have published in the Gazette or Strategy Bridge or somewhere else. And they're always happy to work with you on, on getting yourself published. I think that's a great recommendation that, that there's a lot that's already out there on innovation um, written by, I will say it because I am one, stodgy academics, but there's a ton of good work on innovation that, that our students are organically coming up with on their own, and sharing that is an important part of their professional development. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're our own best resource in, uh, in this. We just have to get our ideas out there. Ms. Jackson, thanks so much for coming on the show. 
To keep up with the good work of the Marine Corps War College, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at at McWarCollege. Special thanks to our intrepid producer, Lieutenant Colonel Jason Palma. I'm your host, Becky Johnson. Thank you for listening to Eagles, Globes, and Anchors, the strategically-minded, innovative podcast of the Marine Corps War College. This concludes the EGA podcast. Thank you for joining us. The views expressed in this podcast reflect those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views, policies, or positions of the United States Marine Corps or the Department of Defense. You can follow the Marine Corps War College on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at at McWarCollege. And as always, our podcast music is Stuck in Traffic by Romero. Have a great day.